hello, hello. This is Tooth the Cold, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Jamie Hardy. Dr. Kenesha Campbell. So as uh, Kyle and I actually promised and kept our word this time, we're going to do <laughs> the second part, which is, you know, graduating from, gra uh, from residency, what to expect, what to look for, and uh, how to basically be successful. I think our first one, we were basically trying to get our, our listeners, new graduates, to understand what's out there, right? Because right. I feel like we come out of school and we're basically naive to the whole situation. You know, right. we think we're going to just get in there, get, you know, get a job and get paid an absorbent amount of money and we're high-fiving everybody and that's not the case. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know? At least it wasn't for me. It wasn't yep. for me. Me too, you know? yeah. Right. Like I remember when I graduated, I moved to uh, Houston, Texas, and I worked, uh, I temped as a general dentist for about three months, you know? So people aren't willing to do some of that stuff because one, I, I had an apartment and I had to pay for it. Yeah. Now, that's literally what it comes down to while I waited for my uh, license and everything to come through, my specialty license, and then for me to be uh, uh, insured um, mm -hmm. with the offices. You know, and that's a, another thing people don't talk about. It takes a long time for you to get credentialed with these mm -hmm. offices, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. while you're getting credentialed, it's either you work for free, which I wasn't trying to do, uh, or, or you go find something else and then basically you know, uh, get paid uh, for doing something, you know, and, and right. you're a general, you, you're still a general dentist from the get go, right? You just right. decided to be a specialist in that field. So let's, uh, let's go around. Uh, since Kenesha Campbell, Dr. Campbell is new to the podcast and hasn't had the, the, uh, the honor of, uh, you know, <laughs> gracing us with her story, go ahead and break it down. Let us know uh, what, you know, your background school wise, and then also tell us what you did after graduating from uh, PETO. Um, so originally I'm from Canada, so I'm Canadian. Um, I came here on a soccer scholarship um, and I went to University of Pittsburgh for dental school. After that, I did like a GPR, which is general practice residency in New York. I practiced for about a year as a general dentist and then decided that I wanted to specialize. So at that point I applied and got into Bronx Lebanon in New York. And after that I went to Houston, Texas and I started working at Pacific Dental Services which is a corporation, and that's how my story started. Okay, okay. And then, <laughs> and you and Dr. Hardy had, actually have a connection, right? Yes, we actually went, <laughs> we actually went residency together. She was a year behind me, she was awesome. And then when I was in um, Houston, I, you know, I was able to recruit her and Dr. Kwok, actually, to the same company, but you know, it was and, and, and now And now no one works there. Now no one works. No one works. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great recruitment. Get, getting that referral bonus, huh? <laughs> what? Right. right, right, right. Uh, but you know, let's let's talk about what do you guys think, and and whoever can answer this, what do you guys think is like the biggest um, misconception when it comes to graduating from residency and 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 looking for a job? What are some of the biggest things that you weren't expecting that you actually ended up having to face? So I think in general, like for me, you know, kind of like you were saying in the first, the last episode, it's just that you come out, you think you're going to be balling, you think that people are nice and they're not going to take advantage of you. But if you're not willing to fight for yourself, you best believe they will try to take every dollar from you that they can. So if you're not informed, if sometimes if you don't know people, if you don't read over your contract, you know, it's really important that you look at the fine print and kind of know what you're talking about in order to maximize how much money you're going to make. You know, 
Um, I would say kind of similar to that. Um, my biggest thing was the whole contract. Um, everything looks good because you're not used to making any type of money coming from residency. So any bit of income is like, oh, this is great. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, this sounds like a deal. Mm-hmm. But then once you look at it a little bit longer and you look at it long term, I think my issue was I didn't really look at my contract for the long term. So you look at, you know, right now, this is what my check will look like. This is what, how much I'll be making. But, you know, for a specialty, sometimes you start off with like a base pay, but is that base pay really what you should be getting, you know, in the long run? Or do you want to have the opportunity to make a little bit more? So now you want to do percent of production versus collection. So looking at it long-term was something that I was like, I figured out after like a year or two. So that would be for me just thinking ahead and not just looking at how much money I'm getting right now. Right. So both, both of you mentioned contracts and, and that's something we talked about before coming out of dental school. We don't really have a, a good sense. Of, I mean, we're not lawyers. So looking over contracts, none of us really have experience with it. And the only time I've hired a lawyer is, you know, buying my office real estate or buying uh my practice. As far as employment contracts, I've never had anybody look over. I I just tried to figure it out on my own. And I think a lot of new grads or Mm -hmm. dentists in general are looking at. Do you think that is something that people should look into with hiring a lawyer? I I don't even know if there's a lawyer that uh, I'm sure there's one that specializes in employment contracts, but specifically yeah. dental employment contracts. Is that something people should look into coming out? I would recommend it. And the only reason I say that, so at first I thought I didn't need it because my, my daddy is a dentist uh, in North Carolina, but it was just a lot of those things have changed since 40 years ago when he, you know, started practicing. So even if you know other older dentist who I was like, I'll just have him look at it real quick, whatever. But it was still some things that he was like, well, my is a a lawyer and he is a lawyer for mostly other dental professionals. So I did have, I went ahead and paid him the little, and they don't charge much because it's not like it's a huge, long drawn out process, like for a lease or something. But I did have someone look at mine um, eventually because I was just like, I don't know. I, I knew nothing like the terminology. I was like, I didn't know what the, you know, at will meant, you know, all that stuff. I was like, I don't, I didn't get it. So I would say, especially if you don't know someone who's like a fresh graduate or someone who's been looking at these things for like the last five or so years, I think it's a good idea if you don't have anybody else to turn to. They really were able to look out for me and what they see is common for other dentists um, versus what I thought would just be a good idea. So, I mean, I completely agree with everything that she said. I just think it's important. I think you were mentioning that if there, if there are lawyers that focus on dentistry, and I think it's important to get a lawyer that focuses on dentistry, because I have found there's lawyers that just want a quick paycheck, and they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll look at your contract, pass me that money real quick. You know? right. And they're missing so many important things that they think are fine. So just get someone that's in that area. And 
if you have someone that you said that's recent that can look over it, that's also good, but it can't be someone from a long time ago because again, things have changed a lot, but they'll try to nickel and dime you on things. I think like lab fees, non-competes, you know, they'll even say little things like for the first like 90 days, you're gonna get this much and then it changes to whatever. And like, you'll right. not even realize that and later you're like, why did my paycheck go down or whatever? <laughs> so it's, that's what happened to me. I was like, yes, oh. yes. And the thing is when you're reading, you're like, I'm making how much? Okay, great. And then, and then you don't even realize that that's for a particular amount of time. And like, they're really smart. They'll word it in a way that sometimes you really, I know you're a doctor, but they'll word it in a way and use terminology that you just don't get it or pick up on it. Right. So I do definitely think a lawyer is very advantageous. Yeah. What about this? So most, um, corporations or I guess doc, dentists are actually starting to get really smart into this. They're almost basically telling people that, listen, there's no negotiation when it comes to this contract, right? Mm -hmm. It's what I say, this is your contract, either you sign it or you don't sign it. Like, do you guys feel like that, that pressure is there now when it comes to just looking for your first job? And if that's the case, do you really still want to try to negotiate numbers with them or do you just want to move on? Well, I would say for me, that depends on the my investment in wherever the employment is. If I feel like it's somewhere that I really, really see being advantageous, like in the long run, or it's, you know, maybe it's somewhere where I love the practice, I love the employer, um, I you know, I really like the staff, I just have a really, really good feeling about it. Sometimes I would be a little more lenient on stuff, but I think as a general rule of thumb, um, I'm always, contracts are always meant to be negotiated. Yes. That's, that's the whole point. So I don't think anybody should feel pressured into working in certain, you know, circumstances that you aren't going to be valued in because you're just going to end up leaving sooner anyway. So to me, unless you have some strong, strong, you know, um, investment in that practice already, then maybe you could do that. But overall, you should definitely be trying to negotiate with what's right for you. Because right. the employer is going to do what's right for the practice. But right. I'm really big on peace of mind. So <laughs> so in regards to that, like I, I mean, like, corporations are tough, especially in the market that we're in right now. But I've worked for two corporations, and they both were willing to negotiate. Like Some of them weren't willing to negotiate on a base, but they would negotiate on the percentage. And some of them weren't willing to negotiate on the percentage, but they would negotiate on the base. You know, I definitely think it's always better to negotiate the base, depending on your experience. Right. But like right, out, right out of school, especially when you don't have your speed up and stuff, and you just don't know what situation you're walking into, I think just get that guaranteed base and then you know, go from there. And, you know, people can always say no, they may say no. And I know when I came out, I thought it was almost rude to negotiate, like, but mm -hmm. that's the business. Like you, like, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. And if they say no, at that point, make a decision. Like Jamie said, how bad do I want to be here? But it never hurts to ask. Right. right. And what yeah, about, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Kyle. What about yeah, what's was, it called traveling? You like, so for example, like moving fees like moving uh, cost, like would you want them to negotiate? Would you want to negotiate for them to move you? If let's just say you were in New York, right? And you came to Houston, would you want to negotiate for them to kind of move your house uh, to the Houston area? Like a hundred percent. Like you, like that's, yeah. that's the same thing. Like, and how so, realistic is that by the way? How so my two jobs, like when I got my contract, it wasn't in there, but when I asked for it, then they're like, okay, yeah, we can do something. 
you know, but <laughs> they're not going to give it to you outright unless it's like a remote area. Then they try to like get you with that. Like, well, we offer this, yeah. we offer that. But if it's an area where there's a lot of people, you know, um, mm -hmm. they kind of leave things out. And then as you bring it up, they may do it. A big thing is just your luck and timing. It just depends how desperate that corporation is at that literal particular time. You know, so one person might have got like this huge like five thousand dollar relocation bonus, and then you want to get that too. But unfortunately, they have options right now. You know, mm -hmm. so that's also a piece of it. But always ask. Definitely don't hurt to ask. <laughs> exactly. To always ask. ask. So everybody's talking about corporations. Is that really the main stepping point for specialists coming out? is going into a corporation versus starting your own practice or, or joining an, an existing specialty group? So what I think, Jamie, Jamie have, you worked, question, have you only worked for a corporation or have you worked for a private practice, Jamie? I work in private. I've worked for two private practices. Okay, okay. So, um, so for my private practice experience, I feel like corporation is easy to get in initially because they're recruiting really heavy in residency programs. Mm -hmm. They're always there, um, especially like those big companies like PDS, things like that. So they recruit heavy. So I think it's easy to get into them initially because that's, those are the first people you see and you're like, oh, okay, this sounds good. Um, private practice, I think is just a little bit more work because you got to do a little bit more of your own research. So I didn't see a whole, like I, you know, when I was looking for a job, like when I transitioned out of corporate, um, I would see private practices, but then sometimes like the benefits or the numbers weren't as good as corporate because corporate has a little bit more leeway, I believe. Um, so it was kind of a give and take, but I liked the, I had a little, I feel like I had a little bit more autonomy with uh, private practice. Um, but then I've had some friends who've had some horror stories from private practice because it is very specific your experience is really specific to the owner so you really got to do like a lot of your own research to really see how the office is really doing because everybody tries to sell you that oh we have lots of patients and you'll be able to produce this every month and you'll be making this much money like everybody is going to tell you that so you got to be able to do your own research but i think corporate is just easy because they're always they're continuously looking for new grads like every summer they gear up for that um, but I do think it's a lot harder to open your own practice when you first start out, unless you've been planning for that. Um, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. that is yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that part. We'll so, get to, Kyle so, has like a, a lot of, a lot of questions like that. He just he threw them out He's too deep. So, I mean, depending on what your experience level is, but at our residency, I definitely think that, um, corporations are a really good segue just to kind of learn the industry. So I know Jamie had a dad in dentistry, but I didn't have anyone in dentistry. So I really didn't know, honestly, anything. So corporations have so many systems set up and I feel like it's a very comfortable place to get started. And like, let's just say I don't get along with someone. I feel like in a corporation, they'll, like, they'll try to work with you versus in a private practice, you don't get along with the owner. Like, And even sometimes if you don't get along with the staff that's been there for maybe 20 years, they'll get rid of you maybe over that staff member that they have a really big bond with. And I feel like that doesn't happen as much in corporations. Um, another benefit of corporations um, is if you're coming straight out of dental school and your loans are really on your mind, like, you know, they have a lot of benefits that a lot of private practices don't offer, like 401k matches, loan reimbursement, you know, healthcare, all those kind of things that sometimes private practices give you, but usually it's after a period of time. They're like, if you work for us for a year, everything's going well, then we'll offer you that. 
So no, you kind of have to weigh your pros and your cons, but um, I, I just think that for me, at least corporations are really good segue into the industry. Well, let me say this. I know for me personally, um, when I graduated, I actually wanted to go into private practice. There was a gentleman in Houston that had a great practice. Uh, I went to him multiple times. I even flew down here specifically to kind of interact, see his office, shadow, do all the stuff that I thought I needed to do. He was a periodontist too? Periodontist, yep. Okay. Then what happened was life happened, right? Mm -hmm. I believe he was going through a divorce or something like that. So then he was like, hey, you know, I don't know if I can have somebody on here to take some of that revenue that I'm already making, right? Because he's going through the whole divorce. I think he was with a new wife or something, or a new girlfriend or something, right? Building a house. It was, there was a lot of other factors that went into it. Uh, and then he was like, well, if you do come here, you're just going to have to basically build your own patient pool, which involved me then having to go and recruit, right? And that's something that mm-hmm. you don't have to do in corporations. And that's why I think mm-hmm. Kenesha uh, and Jamie both said it, right? It's easier to transition into corporate because the patients are there or at least they build the patients up for you. Mm-hmm. In private, you have to do more of your own recruitment. And that involves going out to the GP offices. So I would go to Kyle's office and be like, hey, I'm the new guy at this office, you know, Dr. Smith's office. I really would like to work with you and give them the spew and everything, bring donuts and all this other stuff. And if the, <laughs> the office is not giving you that money, you're coming out of your pocket for that. Right, donuts, yeah. Well, you know, don't don't, 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 don't bring the cheap stuff. Okay, you bring some cheap stuff because I would actually go to like the grocery store and get donuts, but I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap ass, you know. So I couldn't even, I can't even do that, you know. And so, so it's a lot more of like a ramp, rampant situation. So for me, that's after I've kind of worked a lot more in corporations and then I would ramp up to the private practice area because now I've actually gotten some income. I can then say, hey, I built up my name in that area. So now mm-hmm. if I go to this, you know, people that used to refer to me, then it would be less of a conversation and more of a, uh, you know, it would be more of like a, hey, you remember me, you sent a patient to me and so forth. Now I can actually show you what I've done in that, env- in that area, you know? So I think the hardest thing is, basically getting your name out there when mm-hmm. you're doing private practice and then they them expecting you and don't forget they won't just because they said like for example if, if me and kyle both have a practice together and kyle's been there for five years they're more than likely the referrals are going to send to kyle because they know him right. Right. versus right. sending to me no matter how many good things kyle says about me mm-hmm. they, won't, they don't care they're like i sent my patient to you mm-hmm. right. you know until i basically build my own pool so that's your the hardest name, yeah. part so since everybody has experience with corporate uh, and as specialist, you kind of you pull from a, a lot larger geographic area than a general dentist would. Is there a restrictive covenant that you had in your um, corporate contracts if you're using that as a stepping stone? Uh, maybe if there's, you know, in my area, I have one endodontist that I can send to. I have, you know two oral surgeons, both of them 40 minutes away. But as far as a, a restrictive covenant, if somebody wants to use that as a stepping stone, is that something they're going to have to look out for in a corporate contract? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And honestly, it's so hard with corporations right now because they're literally just taking over. Like, I feel like they're almost on every corner, like, at, at this point. 
but they definitely will put an outrageous one. I feel like on my first job, it was literally, I think it was like 10 miles. It was like outrageous, the radius. But it also depends. I know. <laughs> but I was able to negotiate <laughs> it down. Something to negotiate. Yeah. And I negotiated it down, I think, to like 2 to 2.5. But like, had I not known, I would have been like, is that normal? I mean, I'll make a big right, deal. Right. I just want this job. You know, I think the biggest thing is knowing if you're going to stay in that area, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, something that I actually wanted to bring up in this talk, like if you're a new grad, I think something that someone didn't tell me is something to consider is like remote areas because mm -hmm. you typically make so much more money literally just working in a remote area versus working in the city because everyone wants to be in the city, you know? And <laughs> Kyle, you can- Kyle says that all the time. That's <laughs> 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 why Kyle's in the middle of nowhere. Right. Well, like, <laughs> are you in the middle right of the okay. I, I know he's on the beach. Most people don't realize that's actually Kyle's real. That's, what, what he is, like, that's actually his backyard. You know what I mean? That's how much money he's making. But if you're in a remote area, I feel like they're, they're, they usually have a bigger restrictive covenant. Um, yeah. But if you know you're not going to be there, you're only trying to stay there for five years, pay down your loans, and then leave, then you know it's okay. But like in a city like New York or even like a Houston, you know, that same area could really do a lot of damage. It's just regarding to getting a new job or opening up a practice, it could really restrict you. Yeah, I um, my last private practice I was at before the one I am, they, I was in the middle of nowhere and they had like a 20 mile. Like, oh my gosh. They were really trying to, I think they were really trying to keep that area because the next dentist was so far away anyway, mm. um, especially with Pigo. So it was like theirs was huge, but they were so far out of Houston. Like I was almost in San Antonio. So <laughs> it was, you know, it was like, okay, I mean, unless I live in Katy, I, I was okay. Um, but it's definitely something to negotiate because they absolutely, all my jobs have always given a restrictive covenant. But like with me trying to open my practice, I had to now start looking to see when I was looking for my most current jobs i had to see i literally had to have someone check the mile radius for me and it's the bird's eye mile radius like somebody you know people think that it's just five miles on your like google maps no mm -hmm. it's like a circle on the map this whole area and that yeah. can be a lot bigger than just five miles driving so i had to literally have someone check it for me wow. so my realtor he would he looked into it because he had like a little program but right. definitely have them as a well, follow-up to the uh, restrictive covenant. Can I say when, something real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the difference is, so for me, I go to different offices, right? So right. there's no way they could have done that for me. There's mm -hmm. no way they could have done that because they literally I would be run out of Houston if I ever, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, yeah. well, your next option is uh, Dallas. You know, yeah, <laughs> even Austin. Right, Austin. It would have been like, you know, you can't do anything in Houston. So they couldn't do that. So that's, I guess, a benefit to working in multiple offices. And if they do try to do that, make sure that you eliminate that immediately from your contract if you're working in multiple locations. Because then they can just select any location and say, nope, you're, uh, you're, you're in violation in this area. You know what I mean? So that's not right. Now, now you're just giving them free lands to do whatever they want. No, you should definitely check because there was a time I worked for multiple offices and they literally had, I think it was three miles for any office that you worked more than 90 days in. See? That's what that's they said. Yeah. 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 No, don't do that. We that's worked, crazy. We worked for the same company. <laughs> yeah. Don't have, you gotta get them. You gotta be like, well, you guys seem to just, you know, just follow each other. But 
Because she's so awesome. I mean, you follow up. You follow up. So, so with general dentistry, if I worked at an office, they would have a restrictive covenant, like you guys talked about, uh, a certain radius away from that office that you worked at. With specialties, because you're pulling from several different private practices uh, or corporate offices or however it's set up, you're getting a lot of, um, is there anything in the restrictive covenant that says you can't work with these or accept referrals from these offices anymore if you're not working for that company anymore? Now that would be crazy. No, I never had that in any of mine. The only yeah. thing okay. they had was that I can't see patients in my office. Like, okay. I, I'm not allowed to like recruit them or even tell right. them where I'm going. But that was it. But if they found them on, me on their own, I mean, right? Okay. But I wasn't allowed to tell them I was even leaving. I think. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. I mean, you I know can't take you know, staff either. Yeah, exactly. I'm the staff. Like, yeah, I think it's after like two staff. years or something. They'll say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't take staff, and you can't. Uh, like you said, uh, uh, take patients, uh, what, you know, like forcefully. So, but I've never heard like, uh, I've never heard, uh, you know, taking, um, oh, you can't accept a patient from this dentist right, because right, you've worked with them before. That would be crazy. Not to say that someone hasn't done it, Kyle. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> they'll try whatever, they'll try. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, just, it'll just be crazy. Okay, so we've talked about corporate. What are the options for going into private practice as a, as a specialist? Meaning you can set up your own place. Right. You can work for somebody else. You can do what uh, Walter does where you're working at multiple offices, kind mm -hmm. of bouncing around being a mobile dentist. Can you right. talk about what the pros and cons are for each of those? So I think if you're going into private practice, like you have to think, you know, is this, some people don't want to open up their own and you could, you need to think about if, if this is a situation where you want to maybe transition to a partnership. Um, a lot of people aren't really selling to people because they literally just can't compete with corporations. So I feel like the realistic option at this time is more start your own or like try to enter into a partnership type of situation. Mm -hmm. But um, private practice, I do think they negotiate, like at least for me, they definitely negotiate more in regards to like percentages and bases. So that's great. Um, and I think a lot of them do have like, um, they'll, they'll give you a situation where like you could build your own patient base. It just depends though on the private practice, but that's something to look out for because you don't want to go percentage in a situation like that, right? You want to make sure that you negotiate a base salary. Um, but these are, that's kind of some of, and then also another big thing is benefits. A lot of them won't do a 4K match. And that honestly really adds up. Like, you know, the first few months, it doesn't seem like nothing, but with compound interest and all that stuff, that's huge. And then if you're in private practice, a lot of them don't offer full time, which I think is a big thing. They'll do part, like they'll do, two, like, you know, two days a week here, three days a week here, which in theory is fine, but then you lose out on health benefits. You lose out, and that, that's expensive, you know? Um, so those are all things to think about if you're going into private practice, where a corporation will usually are looking for full time. A lot of private practices want part time. And then you really lose out on benefits, and that's expensive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think another thing that people forget about that's an option is also working in the hospital system mm. for certain specialties, like pediatrics. That's something you can also do. So some people will work if they work part time in, um, say, a private practice. But if you start on, like, if you get on staff in a hospital, depending on your hours and how much you're there, you can get hospital benefits and things like that. Um, 
So that's another thing to think about. And then also another option that, you know, some people don't think about is academics. Um, that's another thing people will sometimes get into. So I think um, those are things like academics, especially it's usually something that people will go into a lot later, but sometimes it has the benefits of if you're in an area kind of building a community um, and networking with other doctors. And then again, you're not really worried about finding your own, you know, patient, it has its own patient pool. You're, you know, usually working in the clinical with the clinical staff, um, you know, depending on how many days you're there, or how long you're there, you can get some benefits um, from the universities too, or the hospitals. So um, sometimes those will come with extra, you know, like those little extra like health benefits and uh, loan repayment benefits, little, thing, little things like that. Um, but I think the corporate benefit, I would say, would be the not having to always think about um, how the office is ran. Uh, sometimes in private practice, depending on if you're the only doctor that's there that day, then you sometimes have to deal with both front office and back office things. But the corporations will tend to have someone else who's managing the front office on top of whoever's there. So they'll have like an office manager, then they'll have like a regional manager and somebody who's above them. So a lot of those front office things and sometimes even like HR situations, you don't really have to deal with. But in private practice, you may have to have some input with some of those things because you're the only doctor who was there that day. And they're like, oh, Dr. Hardy, you know, this happened with this. What happened with that? What should we do? You know, because the owners may not the owner may not be there. And so you kind of have to help make some of those few decisions. So um, I feel like that was the only thing that I noticed that was like a day-to-day -day difference when it came to like corporate versus private practice. But um, yeah, but definitely don't forget about like hospital and academics too. Here's one thing that I actually learned uh, from a friend of mine who's actually still at uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, she had somebody, uh, she had the school basically help pay her tuition down. Right, uh, depending on how many years she stayed and so forth. But here's something that a lot of people don't think about. If you're working at a school, you get to see, let's just say you're at, uh, at Pitt, because that's all I know, right? You get to see 80 students. 20 of them might specialize. You have, other, you have the other 60. Maybe 20 of them end up staying in that area. That's, if, if you treat them well, if you deal with them well, that's 20 referrals. So if you're mm -hmm. also working in your own office, that's 20 mm -hmm. referrals because they know you. Right. Mm -hmm. Every year you get 20 referrals, fresh referrals, because that's all they know is you. And dentists mm -hmm. are very weird in the sense that they don't want to expand outside their comfort zone. So if they know you, guess who they're going to send to? You. Right. You know, so that's right. something that I think a lot of people don't understand or think about is working in a dental school is beneficial because you're now setting up your own referral system. Mm -hmm. Right. Without having to do too much, except for teaching right. them and then showing them, hey, he's a nice guy. He does good work and so forth. That really you know kind of carries a lot and and no 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 donuts necessary you know <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so so that's something that i think is a benefit for uh um working at the schools i really believe the academics is, is key for that another thing is also um we, we talked about this last time if you work with the army navy air force you know whatever they also can pay for that right they can give it to you my buddy he actually signed up before dental uh, before his residency so they paid for all the residency not for dental school but just throughout the residency and then he got a chance to work with the uh, navy you know so that's another route that you can do is if you miss out in dental school you can then have them sign you in 
when you're about to start your specialty. If they need that specialty, by the way, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a caveat. If they need that specialty, they'll basically yeah. make it work out. So any recommendations for new specialists on what the best way to get referrals are? Beg. Other than donuts. <laughs> <laughs> So literally just like going to meetings, getting your name out there, because yeah. like, let's just say I go somewhere and the only person I know is Dr. Aka. I'd be like, I mean, you know, I only know one periodontist. I don't know if he's good, but he's the only person I know. So <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's like, he sucks, but you know, just <laughs> so just getting your name out there, making sure like people know you in the community because I'd be like, oh yeah, I did make this, this girl, she was really nice, Dr. Campbell, you know, you know, and they'll refer to you just like that. Like, so meetings, I think, are big. Um, what about giving meetings, free lectures? Giving free lectures is big. Yeah. You know, Especially also, like, I'm going to say meeting some of the reps, like the equipment yes. reps. I think that's mm -hmm. huge. They know, like, everything in, the, in that area. Even for looking for a job, like, you yeah. should call them, reach out to them. They'll know what offices are hiring because they right. go there and they get to know the staff and the doctors. Mm -hmm. So I think those are some of the some of the good ways you know for me i've learned something that uh but this was after like after a few years i've learned that if a dentist wants to do something okay kyle you want to place implants mm -hmm. i have two options i can sit there and say oh kyle you're a jerk for placing implants i hate you da, da, da. or hey kyle my my door is always open to you if you need any help let me know yeah. that mm -hmm. interaction is so key because then you don't look like a jerk to that dentist so whenever they're they're stuck in a bind or they're just like this is too much for me, they'll send them to you. Right. Right. We had other dent we had other specialists, and I'm not gonna say any names, that were like, no, <laughs> that's my intellectual right. Da -da 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 -da. And I was like, that makes no sense. Like you hoarding your information doesn't help you. It doesn't help and you get referrals. <laughs> and you teaching me about procedures that you do that maybe I want to learn about. You giving me that information lets me see those patients or, or see that uh, look out for those procedures more. So right. if I'm not mm -hmm. trained in free gingival grafts and it's not really anything I thought about by you giving me that information, I'm more keen to look at those patients and refer more to you because I'm more right. knowledgeable now. Right. And I think that's a lot of things like specialists. You you know, I want to say this and I'm going to you know kind of say new grad again. Uh, but specialists, you guys, you, you got to start thinking outside of yourselves. You're not that important. I know it's in the name, special. <laughs> it's not special. Okay, I, it. I know, I know. This is new. To, this is news. You are not special, right? You are not special. Kanisha, I, I mean, I've learned that I'm not special. I have, I have two girls that tell me that every day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's the problem. It's like, you know, you graduate from specialty and you think, all of a sudden, everybody should, should be buying, bow, bowing down to you. That's not the case. You need the general dentist more than they need you sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They can always send it somewhere else unless you live in the middle of nowhere, Kyle. Right. But besides that, <laughs> and even then, Kyle's like, screw that. I'm going to send him an hour away. Yep. You know? yep. There's yep. still options. Like you, you should be the one saying, hey, how do we make sure that we work together? And don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. There have been a lot of times where like, I'll do something, place an implant or something, and the general dentist will completely screw it up. And I still have to bite my tongue and say, yeah, well, mm -hmm. you know, 
it happens, Mrs. Smith. Yeah, yeah, nope, nope, that wasn't weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Smith is looking at me going, hey, you lying piece of it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that crowd was not horrible, right? Like, no, it was the best, okay, all right, you know? So, right. so in the end, you have to be so, um, you have to be a diplomat when it comes to specialists. What do you guys think about that? So I wanted to pay back on what you said, but like, I think general dentists and I think the biggest, a big thing, especially if you're coming out is just with emergencies. Yeah. Like if you go to a general dentist and be like, look, if you have a child that comes in, they fracture the tooth, you're stuck, call me, I'm there for you, I'll help you out. Or I'll just bring them into my office or even in your own office. Because I've had a lot of patients that, you know, they come in, they're like, especially when it comes to their kids, like their kid just got a baseball bat to their face. You came in at seven o'clock to help them. That person will always love you. They're going to refer all their friends to you. They're going to be like, no, 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 not Jamie, not this person. Like Kanisha was the one that was there for me. So I think, I mean, when you're older and you don't have to, I get it, you know, but at the beginning, people will be so loyal to you when you help them when they're in need, including other doctors. Oh, um, yeah. if they're stuck, very well spoken. You because know, a lot of them don't know the general dentist. Like, if if someone tooth is fractured, they're not one hundred percent sure about specification, epexogenesis. Do I can I save this? Like, they don't know. You know, so. Wow. Well, well, start off. You just hit up with a few big words in there. Come on, bring it down. Bring it down. Throw that down. Bring it down. I didn't even. Don't try to impress us. Don't try to impress us. You know, this is too controlled. This is how she was in residence. Sitting, doing your journal reviews. I mean, Apex of Genesis. Right? I'm trying to impress our audience. You know, we read books. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But no, but I mean, that's actually very true. You know, and I think that's something that people don't really consider, right? Just like with anything. If, 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 if you have Target and you have Walmart and Walmart's open 24 hours when you really need something in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, you got a crying baby and they're hungry and you need <laughs> formula and you go to Walmart, guess what? I'm always going to go to Walmart. You know what I mean? Yeah. It may not be the best, Target's there, but uh, hey, look, Walmart was there for me, so I'm going to go to Walmart, you know what I mean? So that's the, you're right. So whenever somebody needs you and you actually help them out, you know, that's the best referral. I mean, people are the best referrals. Like you do something and they're like, I was afraid of dentists until dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot. And that mm-hmm. even goes for general dentists. I mean, I know we already did the general dentist part last time, but it, it goes in for everybody, Kyle, right? Yep. You help yep. somebody, they're bringing their mom, their dad, their sister, mm-hmm. everybody to you. You know, Absolutely. that's better than any kind of Google ad or anything that you could have out there. Well, research still shows word of mouth is still like the number one Let's talk about that actually, because I actually learned about that. If mm-hmm. you really want to build your, um, uh, your, your, your referral base, I mean, people don't mm-hmm. think about this, but go to those uh, moms of wherever you live, mm-hmm. right? Get your office manager, whoever, to just be a member of that and sit mm-hmm. in there. And every time they're like, oh, I need a pediatric dentist. Because every time a mom moves into that area, that's the first thing they join. Right, right, right. right. Every time anybody. So there's, there's specific mom groups for specific areas? Oh, Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Open your eyes. See, yes. Kyle doesn't need all that. Kyle no, doesn't even know, Kyle doesn't even know is. Facebook existed. He just around the He's like, face who? <laughs> What's that face? That's not little. That's not little. Kyle, Kyle just, he just put his building there. And everybody yeah. just came through him. You see, that's the, that's that rural life, you know. We actually have to work out here, Kyle. No, but uh, can you guys actually go into that the whole uh, mommy group and everything? 
and explain yeah, mom groups well, are oh, like yeah. so serious because a lot of times those mom groups will be the first like resource that families new families they go join those groups when they move in the area because especially if you have like those stay-at-home moms or just moms who are the ones who normally are sending the kids to the dental appointments or you know even setting the appointments for the the all the adults in the household those moms will look for referrals from their friends or other trusted mothers um so um, the mom groups like moms of galveston or like moms of richmond those groups will say oh this is a great dentist my daughter went here or you know i went here my husband really enjoyed this office um and then also like the homeowners associations those are other areas where they'll really start referring you you know people to your office because of the area because they want to go somewhere that's close by and someone has actually been and got a good referral that they know of so not just the google reviews those help a lot but the mom groups is something about because they communicate in there very often so they talk about all the activities in the area all the offices you know the cleaners oh i like this grocery store better and you know everything so those mom groups and i was gonna say it doesn't just apply to pedo literally they'll be in there like i need a root canal i'm so scared does anyone know they'll be like i need a periodontist they told me to find one for an implant does anyone know and they'll be like man i went to dr akka it was awesome go there like he took such good care of me he handed me a donut it was weird but other than that it was fine (laughs) it was weird it was a good cut all right it was the best donut there (laughs) but yeah like uh, you know, and it's scary too, and it's sad to say, but if they trash your name in there, it could go a long way, also. You yes, know, yeah. so you just have yes. to be careful, but yeah, yeah. As specialists, are you only accepting new patients if they have an existing general dentist, or do you pretty much take anybody that's calling your office and then? As a follow up, are you referring them out to other general dentists? I've had both. Um, I've had some people to just come straight off the street, just see the sign and be like, I know my kid needs to be in here. You know, they've never been to the dentist before. So um, I definitely don't turn them away if they don't have a general dentist, but um, because pedo's a little different because a lot of times they'll stay with us until they're like 17 or so. But I do make sure like if it's those older teens that I make sure that they have someone to go to. Or I'll tell the family if the family just moved here from say like out of the country or from a different state, I will refer them to other people who are general dentists that are nearby. So I'm like, oh, mom, you know, if you don't have a dentist for yourself, you know, we can't see you because we go up to like 17, 18. But you can go to this office, you know, for your older kids or your college kids and stuff like that. So I've I've definitely had both. I think pedo is just a little bit different because we'll, you know, we'll kind of be like their general dentist pretty much until they mm-hmm. age out. How about you, Dr. Walter? Um, <laughs> well, you know, start off, it's the funniest thing uh, because of the internet. And I know the internet was like a long time ago, but what I've discovered is a lot of people do their own research and actually come find you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, a lot of dentists think, oh, okay, I'm going to send this patient. But patients now just look at their own insurance and say, okay, this group of people will accept my insurance. I'm going to go to this person. And they'll say, well, I learned about periodontists from the internet. So I looked and saw, oh, you take my insurance. So I'm going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or they'll talk to a friend or they'll do research. Like I've actually had reviews and I, 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 I didn't even know I had all these reviews online, but patients are like, oh, I looked you up and I saw this, this. I'm like, really? 
so they'll do more due diligence on you than you do on yourself, you know? So they'll mm -hmm. find you and they'll connect with you. Sometimes like, it's almost like funny if I get a patient coming from a general dentist, cause I'm like, oh, okay. Most of the time they're like, oh yeah, my general dentist told me to go here, but I said, I'm going to go here because my insurance, ex you're, you accept my insurance and you're closer to me and so forth and so mm -hmm. forth. So even if a general dentist has a, uh, a favorite referral that they send patients to, patients can kind of override that and go wherever they want to go. So that's another thing too, is like, they're always looking. Patients are always mm -hmm. looking. They're spending a lot of time online, more times than you think. You know, mm -hmm. doing their own research, YouTube, my God. How many times does someone come and, oh, I saw uh, a, a YouTube video about implants. And I'm like, don't do not do that because that's really the good stuff that we put on there. Most of the implant <laughs> stuff are worn. You know what I mean, Kyle, you know this. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. cool, see ya. You know, it's yeah. not, let me rip this open, build the bone, do all this extra stuff. We don't do a lot of that stuff, but that's what they see. You know, right. so that's, that also can work against us where they're so fearful because they think they're about to yeah. get into something really intense. And then when you're done, you're, they're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, YouTube mm -hmm. also lied to you. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so these are all little things that we got to kind of, you know, talk to them about and, and, and go from there. But Any other recommendations for yeah. new graduates coming out? Yeah, any, any personal stories that you wish someone would have kind of helped you out with when you first graduated? <laughs> Any crazy stories? <laughs> you know what I mean? I know for me, like working as a general dentist kind of humbled you, right? Because one, you got to see the craziness of Houston, at least I did, I got a chance to see the craziness of Houston and, and, and how tough it is to be a general dentist in the city. It really is, you know? Uh, and then the, the other thing was just kind of trying to orient myself in that location. I mean. Drive, anybody knows driving through Houston is hard. People suck yeah. at driving. I'm sorry, Houston, but you guys suck at driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then on top of that, you have to try to navigate and, and, and not miss that turn, not miss that ramp and all this extra stuff. So there's a lot of, if you're going to move into an area, try to get there at least a month ahead. Get acclimated to that area before you start to go to work. I promise you that's going to make your life a little easier. You know, I think my first day on my, when I actually started working as a specialist, I was late by like 45 minutes because there was construction. Yeah, there was construction on the road and I was driving and I get to the construction. I'm like, oh, come on. So then I had to drive all the way around the construction. That was another 40. I got there and I was just like, this, this is just a horrible way to start. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah, it was tough. So I'd say get acclimated, understand what you're getting yourself into, you know, mm -hmm. and understand it's going to take time. Don't mm -hmm. listen to your friend who's been out five years talking about, oh, I make, you know, 300,000. Mm -hmm. you, you don't, you're not them. <laughs> you're not going to do that. You're not going to make that much money. Be happy with whatever you get. And mm -hmm. don't post it on Instagram you may, how much money you make and stuff like that. No one cares. Most people aren't <laughs> impressed with that. You know what I mean? So that's another story. I know people that did that too. Oh, no. <laughs> I sound bitter. I sound bitter again, Kyle. No. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, I mean, never. Thank you, Kyle. I'm <laughs> no, saying on. that about myself. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Come on. <laughs> so I think for me, the biggest thing was I wish I like I wish I had considered remote areas more, just yeah. because they have loan reimbursement, and you make so much more money. They'll give you a, a crazy signing bonus, you know. Like even to do it for five years, I feel like that would have taken a huge chunk out of my loans because the loans are no joke, you know, if you have them. So I kind of wish I considered that more. Um, oh, Kenisha, let me ask you this, because mm -hmm. you said you're Canadian. Mm -hmm. How does that whole thing work with work visas and stuff like that? Can you get into that for anybody who is going to be, uh, I guess, 
um, non-American, I'll say that, not you, non-US, you know, working in the US. How does that whole situation work? So depending on if you plan on staying here, it's the same thing. Like I will, that's something actually I didn't do that I wish I did earlier. Just I look for a job that has a green card spon um, sponsorship. Mm -hmm. um, for Canada, it's a little bit easy. It's called a TN visa, but if you're from like a, somewhere that's more international, it's a little bit more difficult. And a lot of the jobs, even as a Canadian, were afraid to hire me because they weren't familiar with the process of the visa and they didn't really know what they had to do. And it just sounded like an extra headache and extra work. So in that sense, like a corporation, they have a whole department that handles that. They're not afraid of you because they get it. But private practices, a lot of them aren't really trying to touch you, you know. And I'm guessing schools will be easier too, right? That's why I see a lot of foreign yeah. uh, people. Yes, 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 you enter schools. But when you go to the remote areas, they're willing to sponsor you. And a lot of corporations are willing to sponsor you. So that's definitely a good way just to make your stay here a little bit more permanent. So... But outside of that, you know, it's all dentistry, it's all teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that summary. <laughs> this is why we brought you on. <laughs> for, that end, for that end right there. Uh, Dr. Hardy. Um, I think the only thing for me would be to don't think that whatever you decide when you get out is permanent. Because uh, I feel like I was trying to make a decision, you know, kind of like Kanisha said, like I was trying to go somewhere I wasn't thinking about the fact that, okay, maybe if I go somewhere for these two years, I, you could stack money differently than if you are in a different area. Um, so, I, but I know I was, um, after leaving like uh, the hospital in New York, I was just very like, I need peace of mind. I need space. I need, <laughs> you know, I need less chaos. Um, she almost well, got attacked. If, if, it, if no one knows. <laughs> oh, I, in, I, in heard, I saw that. I saw in residency, that. in the last, what, I the saw last that episode. Yes, if you yeah. go back and listen to the episode Dr. Hardy was in, she I didn't got even attacked. know that, Jamie. I didn't even know that. <laughs> you didn't know. I thought like no. Ramos or nobody told you. Listen, no. that was the crazy. That was hands down the craziest day of residency ever. And my parents were like, "Okay, how much time y'all got left?" So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I just knew that I didn't want to, I wanted to be somewhere that felt a little bit more like home without going home. So a lot of people feel like they have to go back home and stuff. So don't be afraid to go to a different city. Cause the only thing, only reason I went to Houston was cause one of my best friends lived here, Kanisha lived here. And you know, everybody was like, oh, I enjoy the city. Um, so don't be afraid to go somewhere different instead of thinking you have to settle down as right. soon as you leave. Because you can always move around. Move, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Kyle, any more questions? And then we'll wrap this up. I, 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 I think I got deep enough on some of them. I, I, I think I'm, I'm all I'm good for now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all right, cool. We'll wrap it up here. Thank you, ladies. I know this is a holiday. You probably are hanging out and having a good time. And we took this, you know, took you guys away from that. But we definitely appreciate it. We wanted somebody to come on and just kind of give a perspective away from Kyle and myself, you know, uh, to let us, you know, to let other people hear other people basically giving their uh, input on um, residency. And I couldn't think of anybody better than you guys. So we definitely appreciate you guys. Thank you guys yes, for thank coming you. on. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, yeah this, this was, was fun. Good. It was awesome. fun. All right. Well, Kenisha, maybe you can come back next time. Do I get donuts? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you're not getting that. It's only some people that are uh, yeah, within Uber the five mile radius. Uber Eats everywhere, Walter. Uber everywhere. Uber Eats is everywhere, Walter. You could just send <laughs> it don't over. Know, I don't know that kind of technology. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle just discovered Facebook. Like, <laughs> so, so we're the worst people to talk about. 
But thank you guys. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.